Welcome to the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. Cup of Joe Wrestling Show? With Joey Harris. A podcast for the wrestling fan on the go. So take your favorite beverage of choice and join Joey as he takes a look at some of the biggest shows on the WWE Network. From makeshift studios deep in the heart of stately Maine Manor, this is the Cup of Joe Wrestling Show. I am your host, Joey Harris. You can follow the show on Twitter at Cup of Joe Pod, email the show at Cup of Joe Wrestling Show at gmail.com. And folks, just when I think that everything is good and that we're getting back to a society again, craziness happens. You know, it's on my Twitter bio that I have social anxiety and weird things happen to me. And this past weekend proved it. My wife and I are downsizing. And so we decided to have a yard sale. So we're having this yard sale. We do very well with it. But we're sitting there Sunday. My wife is talking to our friend Michelle. And there are a few people around. And I noticed this rather larger man come in and he's looking at all the different tables and stuff and he's got a gun on his side and living in Maine Maine's an open carry state I just made the remark that man has a gun about two minutes later my wife looks up and says that man has a gun she says sell him anything that he wants to buy about 90 seconds after that the man looks up and says hey does this make you uncomfortable I can put it back in the truck if you want me to and my wife yells out no I just told my husband sell that man anything he wants to buy because you have a gun my wife is a teacher and I'm thankful for that because if we were spies we would be caught and interrogated heavily and she would give up everything and so the man takes that as an invitation to tell us his life story And he starts out with, yeah, I've been bullied all my life. And I just decided some time ago, I'm never going to be bullied again. Now, my danger Will Robinson signal went off in the back of my head. Because he then proceeded to tell us about people that had abused him and that he had a large piece of land, 30 acres. And he had that gun and he had an even larger rifle back home and that he had all kinds of animals on his property including a Bigfoot, and that he had good pictures of this Bigfoot that he had sent to the wildlife management, and they told him it was a stump with some limbs coming off of it. And he says, no, I've got it in high res. Believe me, it's a Bigfoot. Now, at this point, wouldn't you know it? But I had to use the bathroom, and so I excused myself. But the man went on to say that he had these high-res pictures of Bigfoot on his TV monitors, on his computer screens. Now, I did not believe him. I didn't tell him this. But let's say he's what he's saying is true. If you had a really good high-res photo of Bigfoot, you would carry it around with you and show everybody. And he didn't have that. My wife says that we need to add a question now to the open carry license. 
application. I believe he bought a book or maybe a movie and left. I have social anxiety and weird things happen to me. Project 45 continues this week and we have landed in the year 1987 as we look at the AWA All-Star Wrestling from January 25th, 1987. This was one week after my sister Amber was born. AWA All-Star Wrestling was shot from the Showboat Sports Pavilion in Las Vegas, Nevada. There were 1,500 in attendance. AWA Intro Larry Nelson and Gary Ron welcome us to All-Star. Ron runs down what we are going to see in the program. Shawn Michaels with Marty Jannetty versus Frankie DeFalco. They lock up. Rod Trongard and Lord James Blears on the call. Back to the ropes. Break clean. They circle each other. They lock up again. The battle for position. Michaels with a side headlock. DeFalco pushes off. He drops his head too early and Michaels kicks him. Michaels with an Irish whip. Michaels drops his head. DeFalco goes to kick him. But Michaels moves and DeFalco falls down. That's a unique move. DeFalco rolls out of the ring. Janetti comes over and tells DeFalco to get back in the ring. DeFalco wants to fight Janetti. He then walks around the ring. He gets back in the ring. They lock up. Michaels with a wrist lock into an armbar. DeFalco pushes off. He misses a clothesline. Michaels with a leapfrog. He hooks DeFalco's shoulders for a backslide and gets a two count. Michaels with a scoop slam and gets a one count. Michaels with another armbar. Michaels with a knee to DeFalco's arm. DeFalco in pain but trying to fight it. He gets up and hits Michaels with a right hand. A series of right and left hands to Michaels. DeFalco then choking Michaels in the corner. He picks Michaels up in the corner and slams him down. DeFalco goes up to the second rope for an elbow drop but misses it when Michaels moves. Michaels with a series of left hands. Michaels with a spinning punch to knock DeFalco down. Michaels with a snapmare. Michaels then hits an elbow drop from the second rope and gets the pin. Larry Nelson interviews the Midnight Rockers. Janetti says everyone wants to know who is the best tag team in professional wrestling. He says, well, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers are the AWA tag team champions. He says the Midnight Rockers have done everything they can to catch up with them and 1987 is their year. Michael says that's right. They have chased these guys in 1986 all over the country. They had just got back from Australia where they thought they were going to find them. He said they had a tournament there that they won, but there was one team missing, and that was the world champions. Last year, they followed them to Japan. They beat every team there, but guess who wasn't there? They have chased them all over the United States. They are finally going to catch them and face them to see who is the best team. Whether it be a title match or a steel cage match or any other match they can dream up, the Rockers are going to get the world champions in the ring one way or another and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt who is the best team in the world today, Buddy Rose and Doug Summers or the Midnight Rockers. Mike Richards versus the Super Ninja with Larry Zabisco. A Larry Sucks chant goes out. They lock up. Back to the corner. Super Ninja goes for a forearm. Richards ducks out of the way. Richards wary of locking up again. Super Ninja with a right hand shot that knocks Richards to one knee. Super Ninja with another forearm shot. Super Ninja throws Richards to the outside. Zabisco comes over to the commentary table and says if he doesn't get his shot at Nick Bockwinkle, Stanley Blackburn might find Super Ninja at his house one night. Richards gets back in the ring and Super Ninja chokes him on the top rope for a four count. He then drags Richards' face along the top rope 
The referee admonishes Super Ninja as Richards falls to his knees. Super Ninja with a kick to Richards' chest. Richards with a shot to Super Ninja's stomach. Then another shot. Several more shots and a knee to Super Ninja. Another knee lift by Richards and Super Ninja knocks Richards to the mat. Super Ninja with a nerve hold to Richards. Richards trying to get back to his feet. He then tries to reach the ropes with his feet to break the hold. Richards gets back to his feet and elbows Super Ninja in the midsection to try and break the hold. Richards breaks the hold and runs the ropes. Super Ninja with a super kick. Super Ninja with a karate thrust to the throat of Richards. Gets a two count and then lifts Richards up. Super Ninja with an Irish whip and another kick to Richards' face. Super Ninja with a double underhook bridging suplex to get the pin. Larry Nelson interviews Larry Zabisco and Mr. Saito about their attack on Scott Hall and Nick Bockwinkle. Super Ninja then pops in out of nowhere. Saito says he's been gone for two years and now he's back in the AWA. His body was more powerful and strong now. He told Bockwinkle in two years everything changed now. He says he told Larry Zabisco that he didn't understand Nick Bockwinkle. Zabisco says what Saito is saying is that he can't believe Bockwinkle sold his soul for a few bucks in his ego. Zabisco says if Nick Bockwinkle, Ray Stevens, Greg Gagne wanted to bring it on. Larry Nelson and Gary Run talk about the Nick bockwinkle Kurt Hennig match before throwing to the match itself, joined in progress. AWA World Heavyweight Championship match, Nick Bockwinkle versus Kurt Hennig. Hennig is bleeding from the head and is on the outside. Bockwinkle is on the inside of the ring. He reaches down and rams Hennig's head into the apron. The referee is counting. Bockwinkle reaches through the ropes and punches Hennig in the head. Hennig finally gets up on the apron and Bockwinkle comes over and grabs him. He punches and kicks Hennig off of the apron back to the floor. Bockwinkle reaches through the ropes and rams Hennig's head on the apron again. He repeats the pattern several times before bringing Hennig back into the ring. He runs Hennig into a turnbuckle and he hits the ring post with his head. Hennig's head and face are a mess as they announce seven minutes left in the match. Bockwinkle punches Hennig until Hennig collapses to the mat. He gets a close two count. Hennig back on his feet. Bockwinkle punching Hennig, first in the corner and then in the middle of the ring. He knocks Hennig down and gets another two count. Hennig fires a shot to Bockwinkle and Irish whips him. He then hits him with the axe forearm made famous by his dad, Larry Hennig. Bockwinkle falls to the mat. Another Irish whip and another axe to Bockwinkle to knock him down again. The referee comes over and checks Hennig's face as Hennig starts to punch Bockwinkle in the head. Five minutes remaining and both are covered in blood as Hennig is hitting Bockwinkle in the corner. Hennig with another Irish whip and axe to Bockwinkle. Hennig starts to go for a cover, but Bockwinkle is too close to the ropes. Hennig picks Bockwinkle back up. He then kicks Bockwinkle in the head. Bockwinkle falls down and lands up against the ropes. Hennig does a modified leapfrog body guillotine to Bockwinkle. Hennig with a corner whip and another axe to Bockwinkle. Hennig covers Bockwinkle, but Bockwinkle is face down on the mat. Hennig runs Bockwinkle into the corner. He runs Bockwinkle into the top turnbuckle repeatedly as three minutes remain. Bockwinkle on his knees in the middle of the ring. Hennig with a suplex to Bockwinkle. Hennig manages to roll over and get a two count. Both men back to their feet and Hennig double claps the side of Bockwinkle's head. Hennig runs his knee into Bockwinkle's head as two minutes remain. He then hits a running kick to Bockwinkle's head. He gets another two count. Hennig puts a figure four on. Bockwinkle trying to break the hold as they have entered the final minute of the match. Bockwinkle trying to hold on as 30 seconds remain. 
and the crowd is getting into the match. Bockwinkle reaches out and grabs the referee's arm. 15 seconds. The bell rings and the match is a draw. Bockwinkle retains the title. Larry Nelson interviews Kurt Hennig. Nelson says 1986 must have been frustrating for Hennig, but on New Year's Eve they saw him go 60 minutes with Nick Bockwinkle on ESPN. Hennig says he disagrees with Nelson about 1986. He and Scott Hall went for the tag belts and got them. When Colonel De Beers cost them the titles, they never got a rematch. They didn't cry or moan. They kept their nose to the grindstone. They kept working out and striving for the top. And now he has worked his way to the top and got a shot at Nick Bockwinkle, the thing he has wanted since he was a kid. He says he's got 27 stitches in his head, and now he's going to go to Japan for five weeks. The best wrestlers in the world are going to be in a tournament in Japan, and when he comes back, he's going to be like a racehorse and be in the best shape of his life. He's going to be more determined, and whoever is holding the World Heavyweight Championship in 1987, Kurt Hennig, is going to get it. Jimmy Snuka versus Rich Gantner Gantner up on the ropes and taunting the crowd. They circle each other. They lock up. They push back to the ropes and break clean. They lock up again. Snuka with a side headlock. Gantner gets back to the ropes. Another clean break. Another lockup. Snuka with a wrist lock. Gantner makes his way back to the ropes. Break clean. Gantner taunting the fans again by pointing to himself. They circle each other again. They lock up. Gantner with a side headlock. Snuka pushes off. Gantner comes back with a shoulder block. Gantner runs the ropes. Snuka with a leapfrog. Then an arm drag to Gantner. Another arm drag and Gantner goes out to the floor to regroup. He takes an eight count before getting back in the ring. He then goes right back out of the ring after breaking the count. He then spits in Snooka's face. Gantner gets back up on the apron and Snooka swings at Gantner, who ducks the attempt before being slingshot back in by Snooka. Snooka with a side headlock into a takedown. Gantner makes his way back to his feet. He gets Snooka up against the ropes, but breaks on the four count. Then shots to Snooka in an Irish whip. Snooka ducks a clothesline attempt. Snooka comes off the ropes with a double sledge to Gantner. Snooka then climbs to the top rope. He hits the superfly and pins Gantner. AWA World Tag Team Championship match. Doug Summers and Buddy Rhodes with Sherry Martell versus Earthquake Ferris and Tom Rocky Stone. Rose and Ferris start. Rose making fun of Ferris's weight to get heat as an earthquake chant goes out. Martell tells the crowd to shut up. Rose runs the ropes. Ferris with a shoulder block. Another run and Ferris knocks Rose down with another shoulder block. Rose gets up holding the back of his head and stumbles out of the ring to the crowd's delight. Rose is so great here. Martell comes over to check on Rose. Summers tagged in. Ferris with an Irish whip and he scoop slams Summers. Ferris drops an elbow on Summers. He gets a two count. Summers with a side headlock. Ferris gets to the ropes. Summers finally breaks the hold. Summers slaps Ferris on the chest. Back and forth with slaps up against the ropes. Ferris with a series of forearms and Stone tagged in. Stone holds Summers for Ferris to hit before he gets out of the ring. Stone with a side headlock into a takeover. He gets Summers down and cranks the side headlock on. Summers gets back to his feet while still in the move. Ferris tagged back in. He gets a side headlock takeover on Summers. Summer's working back to his feet. He pushes off. Ferris comes back with a big shoulder block. Ferris with a scoop slam. Stone tagged in and gets a front face lock on. Summer's with a belly to back suplex to get out of the move. Rose tagged in. Rose stomps on Stone. 
Rose picks Stone up and runs him into the corner turnbuckle. Rose with a corner whip. Summers tagged back in. He hits a knee lift to Stone. Summers with a side headlock and a punch to the face of Stone. He runs Stone into a turnbuckle. Summers distracts the referee, allowing Rose to choke Stone on the top rope. Summers then drapes Stone over the ropes and drops him. Rose tagged back in. Stone reverses a corner whip. He then punches Rose in the corner. He snaps Mayor's Rose out of the corner. Stone drops a knee to Rose's face. He gets a two count. Stone with an Irish whip. He drops his head too early and Rose gets a front face lock and hits a DDT to get the pin. Gary Ron talks to Boris Zukov. Zukov says Sheikh Adnan LKC is back in Iraq trying to solve the problems America has caused there. He says another man responsible is Sergeant Slaughter. He says he knows that Slaughter is behind this because he can't stand Zukov or the Sheik. He says, Slaughter, I want you in the ring. Mr. G.I. Joe, what a joke. He then spits on the ground. He says, sign the contract, Slaughter. And when it's over, you will get down and kiss the most beautiful flag in the world, the Russian flag. He leaves and Buddy Rose and Doug Summers come in. Rose says that Zukov means business and they mean business also. He tells the cameraman to check out the tan and the body. He says he's down to 210 pounds. He's down to the greatest shape of his life and so is Doug Summers. And he heard that the Midnight Rockers were out here saying they chased them all over the world. Rose says that's a couple of coyotes chasing the Roadrunners. Rose says someplace, somewhere, they're going to face off against the World Tag Team Champions. He says a lot of people want to face them and he starts to name some. Rose says they are the best in professional wrestling. He says they and their manager have all the belts, and in 1987, they're going to continue to hold all of the belts. Larry Nelson and Gary Ron then recap everything that happened that week before signing off. We then get the end credits. Final thoughts. Although nowhere near as good as it used to be, this wasn't the worst way to spend an hour, and the few minutes of the Bachwinkle Hennig match that we saw were outstanding. You can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Harris. If you like the show, please leave a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. I would really appreciate it. It helps people to find the show. Thank you for joining me this week. This is Joey saying so long from Stately, Maine Manor. The Cup of Joe Wrestling Show is a production of Baby Kangaroo Media. 